Whether it's dismantling the fossil fuel industry, creating a solar-powered utopia, or simply desiring to hear more birds in the sky than planes, this is Idealistically, the podcast where we discuss what we would idealistically want in an ideal world. I have podcast music and you're listening to my podcast. Thank you so much for joining me in this new part of my online world. I'm really looking forward to this episode, delving a little bit deeper into the idea behind this podcast and what you can come to expect of Idealistically. I realise there may be people listening to this who have no idea who I am, so I'm going to introduce myself as if we're meeting for the first time. My name is Tomea, but most people call me Tolly. My pronouns are she, her, and at the time of recording, I'm 20 and I'm based in Cheltenham in the UK. If you were to ask me, so what do you do? I would probably respond by saying that I'm a climate justice activist and an artist. The artist part of that has definitely strengthened over the past year, which I realise is a great privilege coming from a year which has been full of such turmoil and exhaustion and grief for so many of us. You know, the privilege to have just had that chance to step back and reflect on what activism means to me and how art and creativity play a role in it. Long before the words climate crisis and climate justice entered my vocabulary, I was actually an aspiring fashion designer. So I grew up always wanting to go into fashion design. Everyone knew that's what I was going to be, Tolly the fashion designer. This love for fashion led me to creating a fashion blog when I was just 12 years old. And in turn, that was kind of the beginnings of my online journey, which eventually led to where I am now. In 2013, the Rana Plaza garment factory collapse in Dakar, Bangladesh happened, which, if you don't know, was a huge devastation in the fashion industry, causing the loss of over a thousand garment workers. It was in watching the documentary The True Cost, which came out in the aftermath of the disaster, that I had a major light bulb moment, which made me want to learn more about sustainability and ethics within fashion. And had me starting to question whether I actually wanted to enter an industry that was just so destructive and contributing to what I now know as the climate crisis. Some people may call me a digital activist because ever since starting my first blog, I've been using online platforms to spread awareness for the issues closest to my heart, hoping to do it in an open and transparent way, being honest about you know, how long it took me to quit fast fashion or the fact that I'm not a perfect environmentalist by any means. Of course, activism isn't just about using Instagram or creating gift stickers, which many people know me for. It's also about getting involved in your local community and getting involved with things like direct action and protesting, which I've also been heavily involved in over the past couple of years. And then the pandemic hit and I had this time, like I said, to reflect on activism and what skills and passions I had that I could best apply to the things I care about. And I had a couple of moments of, in a way, feeling activism peer pressure. I was seeing people go out and still contributing to direct action, fighting on the front lines of environmental destruction in the UK and feeling, you know, almost a sense of guilt. But the way I started to look at it was almost through this equation of activism. If someone's doing X, it means they probably can't be doing Y. And so you can kind of find your space and 
find a way to balance out other people's actions. We all have a role and a part to play in this. And so art and creativity have always driven me. In my first blog that I originally started, I had a three-word tagline, which was dream, create, inspire. And so when this little seed of an idea for this podcast came about, those three words just came back to me and I realized, hey, maybe I can still draw on this and it can still be impactful and play a part in tackling so many of these injustices and issues that are contributing to something that I now see as kind of the biggest threat to all of us. And you know, the thing is, these conversations are really hard. Often they are centered around doom and gloom and people who often speak out and tell the truth about what's going on are labeled as fear mongers. But I also think on the flip side, it's often even harder to talk about what we want and what we're fighting for rather than just what we're fighting against. And herein lies the kind of premise and idea of this podcast, which is to try and get us talking more about what we want. I think part of what makes it so difficult to talk about what we want is because if we do and if we allow ourselves to kind of dream and to imagine what the world could be like, if we don't reach that point, then we are losing something. And that means losing even more than what we already have, especially during a time when so many people have lost loved ones and jobs and financial security and honestly just having things to look forward to. But a couple of things have made me realize why it's so essential right now and why I want to bring this podcast into existence. That includes the realization that honestly, so much of what we want is so extraordinarily simple. And this kind of came out of reading a really good book, which I highly recommend, which is The Future Earth by Eric Holthouse. Insert spoiler warning here. At the end of the book, Eric asks you to kind of pause and stop where you are and imagine what you want for the future, whatever comes to mind, no matter how small. And for me, I actually just imagined hearing more birds in the sky than planes flying over. And it suddenly clicked into place that that really shouldn't be a big ask. And it makes me think that imagining a better world doesn't have to mean completely, you know, restructuring society and figuring out the intricate details of what policies should be put in place or, you know, whether we should even be living our lives based on policies in the first place. Even if either of those things are exactly what we need, it can simply mean just sitting in the comfort of what we want to experience, like, you know, hearing more birds. Another bookish inspiration was reading artist Faviana Rodriguez's essay in the book All We Can Save, which was edited by Ayana Elizabeth Johnson and Catherine K. Wilkinson. She says, There must be room for creation that is captivating and irresistible. We can use our radical imagination to visualize and manifest another world, and we can make that world feel real through cultural products such as TV shows, films, comic books, images, or songs. Or, as I like to think, through a podcast. This is going to be my attempt to create a safe space for us to do all three of those things I mentioned earlier, dreaming, creating and inspiring, but especially as a space to imagine, to imagine as if there were no limitations, nothing in our way, no barriers, no politicians to stop us, no systems in place that only benefit a minor few. What would you envision? I want to ask my friends, I want to ask activists, journalists, writers, influencers, scientists, and maybe even those politicians who try to tell us no. I want to ask people who inspire me. I want to ask people what their dream world is. 
I also want to try and dismantle this idea that in imagining a new world or having even a small semblance of hope that you're naive or that you're not committed to the cause enough or that you don't understand the severity of the crisis enough. We can do both. We can listen to the science. We can understand that things aren't looking good, but simultaneously imagine what things would look like if they were good, if they were really good. Imagination is a way of rejecting the oppressive systems that we're living under. It's a way of saying, this isn't right, I want something different. Because there are an awful lot of things that are trying to keep us stuck to the status quo and stuck in normality, even though a lot of us now know that it's not helping anyone. Well, other than that top 1% of people who seem to be benefiting from a lot of the mess they've created, it's probably helping them a bit. So you might be wondering, but Tolly, we don't know what your ideal version of the world or utopia is. Why aren't you telling us? And that's because I want to use this a bit selfishly. I want to learn from the people I speak to. I want to gather inspiration and I want to work it out as I go on. My next episode will introduce a first guest and if you want to find out more about the podcast, stay up to date with new episodes or want to follow me individually, then you can find my social media at at Tomea, which is spelled T-O-L-M-E-I-A. And you can find the podcast at at IdealisticallyPod on Instagram and at IdealisticallyP on Twitter. All the information will be in the description. All editing and sound has been done by myself with music by Stowe Gregory. Thank you so much for listening. I am really excited to get started. <laughs>